The Missouri men's basketball team's next game against Mississippi State has been postponed because of the COVID-19 protocols. And also, another Oklahoma Sooner quarterback has entered the transfer portal. Any chance he goes to Mizzou? Well, probably not, but let's talk about it anyway and what this means for all of college football. All this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou. Your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball each and every weekday and today's episode is brought to you by Sonos experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc the premium smart sound bar for TV movies music gaming and more visit sonos.com so once again the Tigers next home game that was scheduled this Wednesday against Mississippi State is now postponed because of COVID safety protocols This is within the Missouri program, by the way, so initially, Conzo Martin last week, of course, was the only person within the program to test positive for the virus. Well, now apparently it's spread further to within the team. Now the Alabama game down in Tuscaloosa on Saturday, that's up in the air as well. This after the women's basketball game against Vanderbilt was canceled recently. Well, I should say postponed because that game is now scheduled for January 20th. But you know what? Let's be honest. We saw this last season. Sometimes these COVID pauses can go on for a really long time. Now, that, of course, depends on a whole bunch of different factors. Of course, we live in a slightly different world than this past season with the proliferation of the vaccine, especially throughout college basketball. As I think we learned in the past couple weeks, the Missouri men's team is 100% vaccinated. I've got to assume the women's team is up there as well, at least in terms of high percentages of players vaccinated. So there's all that to take in, but you know what, if we're going to keep the basically the same protocols, the same rules as we did last season. Well, unfortunately, I think we're going to have a really, really hard time getting through most of this season considering the transmissibility of the Omicron variant. You know, I'm not trying to be Mr. Viral expert here, but I think that's pretty obvious. You're seeing this isn't just a Missouri thing. Just take the top 10 of college basketball right now. You've got Gonzaga, Duke, Arizona with two straight postponed games with no immediate end in sight here. UCLA has had three straight games canceled or postponed, and boy, Louisville, on top of the nightmare season that they've had so far, also is basically on hold with their season as well. These are some major big-time programs, some of the absolute elite programs in all of college basketball, so it's not as though these programs, after all this time, haven't figured out ways to be quote-unquote careful and try to mitigate the virus spread the best they can. Unfortunately, It just kind of seems like at least this variant is going to spread a lot. Now, the good news is it doesn't seem to be really hurting anybody, at least not in the world of college basketball. That's where I'll stay for this discussion because, well, guess what? That's what we're talking about in this segment. 
Again, all I'm trying to point out here is that at the very least, we got to make some adjustments. And so far, at the very least, the Big Ten has announced that games impacted by COVID-19 will no longer be automatic forfeits. They're reviewing contests, no contests, forfeitures, and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, that's not enough. They really need to, quite frankly, just... You want to take, don't take my word for it. You want to take the word of the, of the Centers for Disease Control? Well, let's look at what the CDC and Dr. Rochelle Walensky just recently said. Well, they just recommended that because PCR tests, according to their research, according to the, their best knowledge, can stay positive for up to 12 weeks, well, they no longer recommend that at the very least vaccinated individuals, after they have a quarantine period, an isolation period, well, we shouldn't be testing them anymore. Again, this is the opinion of Rochelle Walensky and the Centers for Disease Control, not me. Well, it's, I just think at the very least, it sure makes a lot of sense for the NCAA to take a similar, a similar tact because 12 weeks, well, gee, let's do that math. Yeah, we're beyond March Madness at that point for 12 weeks. So if guys who have, if they can just continually test positive for the rest of the season, there just has to be an adjustment. That's the bottom line. By the way, one slight adjustment so far, the NCAA is considering easing the 25-game minimum for NCAA tournament eligibility. And, you know, who knows at this point, I'm not trying to predict the future, it might be tough to get to 25, so there's no doubt that that's probably a good idea. But interestingly, no bubble at this point being considered by the NCAA for March Madness. Of course, you might remember last season, all of the games were played in the Indianapolis area to sort of avoid as much contact with the outside world as possible. Obviously, not to the extent of the NBA bubble from the fall of 2020, but you know, a similar concept for sure. But again, as of now anyway, the NCAA not considering a bubble format for the 2022 NCAA tournament. And in case you've forgotten that former Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler was on the move in the transfer portal, he is now going to be at South Carolina next year. So Missouri fans will certainly get a close-up look at Spencer next season. But guess what? The man who replaced him, Caleb Evans, also entering the transfer portal at Oklahoma. So let's talk about that move. Could he possibly be a fit at Missouri? Where could he possibly go other than that? Let's just talk about that a little bit. First, I want to talk about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours are about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because you know what? Health food, that sort of straight health food, let's be honest, gets old to eat after a while. Occasionally, you need a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And you know what? That's Built Bar. You know what? I'll confess, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like some weird chemical spill. Built Bar is absolutely outstanding. So you know what? Here's your offer. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com.
So after having a exquisitely impressive freshman season at Oklahoma, Caleb Evans, the quarterback, putting his name into the transfer portal. And, well, if you're an Oklahoma fan, that's about the last thing you want to see right now. But to be fair, Williams quickly pointed out in his announcement that coming back to Oklahoma, very much an option for him. And while it's kind of easy to quickly be like, oh boy, another freshman, another diva, another young kid with no loyalty. Let's not forget that Lincoln Riley just headed out the door down to USC. So this is certainly a situation and, you know, all situations are unique, but Certainly, if I just look at this one situation, if I were Caleb Evans and I had the option of looking around after my head coach just jetted off to Los Angeles, well, I can totally understand that. And again, he's leaving open the option to come back to Oklahoma. And really, when you look at it, where does it make sense for Caleb Evans to go? Well, to be brutally honest, probably not Missouri, right? Because if you're the starting quarterback at Oklahoma, even without Lincoln Riley in tow, you've got to assume that's a pretty darn good place to be. So if he's going to go anywhere, it just might be Southern Cal, right? Maybe he'll go follow Lincoln Riley. Maybe they're a package deal. Who the heck knows? But other than that, what would it take? Well, LSU would make some sense. Speaking of a program with a lot of talent and a new coach, they could certainly use a quarterback. They've had a couple enter the portal already this offseason and by the way Georgia a team that's playing for the national championship well if they could just find that quarterback position maybe figure it out my goodness could you imagine Caleb Evans on the Georgia Bulldogs next season well who the heck knows what's going to happen there but I think this is a good time to transition into something I've been wanting to talk about for a little bit here it's not just the transfer portal it's not just name, image, and likeness. It's not just the amount of money that's in college football. It's not the number of guys that are opting out from bowl games, like special bowl games, like the Rose Bowl, that back in the day would have never been a consideration. No, in fact, it's not just one thing. I think it's all of those things that are making a lot of people who are ostensibly older, right? And I put older in quotations because if Desmond Howard and Kirk Herbstreet are old, well, my goodness, I, I guess I'm getting old too because I'm a fan of college football from the 90s. Certainly, that was when I really grew up on this sport into the aughts and and into the day, of course, as well. But I mean, when I was truly weaned on this sport was in the 1990s. So when I heard Desmond Howard and Kirk Herbstreit kind of get raked over the coals this weekend for sort of waxing nostalgic about, gosh, back in my day, we would have loved nothing more. It was considered a dream to play in the Rose Bowl. It's actually okay, in my opinion, for guys to sort of have that thought without being considered, I don't know, heretics or, or haters on the new generation because this happens every single year, every single passing decade in sports where somebody of a slightly older generation will suddenly be going, wait, this sport has changed a whole lot. and This isn't totally what I signed up for in my youth. Now, again, get back to Caleb Evans, for instance. His reasons for entering the transfer portal, whether he hangs around at Oklahoma or not, are, are totally understandable. Again, his head coach just basically flew the coop, and he's saying, gosh, do I – 
want to be here or not. This isn't exactly what I signed up for. So ironically, sometimes these older college football fans and analysts who are sort of looking around at this sport and what's happening to it and going, gee, this isn't what I signed up for necessarily. Well, Caleb Evans is kind of going the same thing. So I just think that's kind of an interesting dichotomy. I don't think anybody is necessarily right or wrong. I just think that this is human nature, right? I think I think change is very necessary, especially in a sport that has been really sort of unfair to the players in a lot of ways over the years, without a doubt. But at the same time, this has also been an incredible avenue for a lot of young men to turn around their lives, to enrich their lives, whether it's through scholarships, education, directly, indirectly, through the people and relationships that they make along the way. It's not as though all of this has been bad or meaningless or anything like that. So I do have a lot of you know, sympathy for that, for the older generations. And it's funny to call Desmond Howard to me older. I'm still, you know, again, as a child of the 90s, I still think of him as the 21-year-old kid doing the Heisman pose after running back a punt return. So that's funny to think of him as old to me too. But hey, such is life. And by the way, speaking of the new trends in college football, of course, bowl game opt-outs have been a huge topic, and I've certainly talked about it on this show as well. And to me, I think what's interesting is all the people who are very much into supporting the players and their choice to opt out. And on every individual level, I don't have any criticism for any individual. I don't know. I'm not them, and I don't know all of their circumstances, number one. But I think it's fair to say that and also be a little bit concerned with the trend. And especially if you start to think, well, gee, if these bowl games are meaningless, well, how early are we going to take this? What if the last game of the season's meaningless as well? What if the last two or three games of the regular season are meaningless if your team is out of college football playoff contention, for instance? Well, are those people going to be really excited about those opt-outs as well? I'm just wondering how far we're going to take this. So let's talk about that and also what would Eli Drinkwitz's logic be on this whole thing? Let's try to parse that out. But first, hey, Mizzou fans, I've got an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about right now. It's Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as 2 to 300 dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon in cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. 
Well, of course, as I said before, Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard got dragged on Twitter to the point this past weekend where Herbstreet had to issue an apology, or he felt like he had to on Twitter while calling the Rose Bowl game. That was a very strange moment, a very 2022 moment, as we've had a few so far this year. But you know what? I get to completely cop out here because no one can accuse me of criticizing a player because Eli Drinkwitz was the one who decided to hold Tyler Beatty out of the Armed Forces game. So, you do have to wonder, though, if the Army game, if the Armed Forces Bowl is essentially meaningless to the point where Tyler Beatty needs to not dress out for that game, well, you have to then question why the Arkansas game is so much more meaningless than the bowl game. Again, by the end of that season, the final game of the regular season, of course, Black Friday of 2021, Missouri was already bowl eligible. They'd clinched a bowl appearance. They were definitely going bowling that year. So am I to believe that getting a better bowl, a slightly better bowl in theory, is worth Tyler Bailey carrying the ball 41 times against the Razorbacks, but somehow the bowl game itself that we just tried to play for in the Arkansas game to get a better bowl by giving him 41 carries, but the bowl game itself, now that's so meaningless that he shouldn't even dress out. Now, I'm sorry, I'm just having a lot of trouble with that particular brand of logic. Now, don't get me wrong, once again, not criticizing Tyler Beatty. He owes me nothing. I love Tyler Beatty. I'm just using his him as an example of the bowl opt-outs. And you know what? Just as another thing, here's another question that very few people are willing to ask. Does this actually help people and their NFL draft prospects? Now, you're, you're avoiding injury, no doubt about that. But could Tyler Beatty not have helped his draft prospects in this Armed Forces Bowl. And then you can even go the other way and say, well, gosh, if Tyler Beatty, what did he do in the last Arkansas game to really help his draft status? How about the last two or three games? Heck, go back to the 2020 campaign. In retrospect, would it have been better for Nick Bolton's draft status last season to sit out the last couple of games when his ankle was clearly not 100% healthy, he just was not the same player at the very end of the season. Well, if you looked in the middle of the season, a lot of NFL draft followers had Nick Bolton as a middle first-round draft pick. And if you re- you'll remember, he was then a middle to late second-rounder, I believe, in the mid-late 50s by the Kansas City Chiefs, of course. So, in hindsight, you could say that putting those last couple games on film that weren't ever totally explained with a true ankle injury, you know, you could you can talk yourself into a lot of things as a film evaluator. You can say, well, he said he was hurt, but how hurt was he really and all this stuff? Really, in hindsight, you could say quite convincingly to me that Nick Bolton cost himself money by playing those last two or three ball games for Missouri last year. But on the other hand, I don't know, call me an old school son of a gun, but I like the fact that Nick Bolton gutted it out on an injury that long-term wasn't going to hinder him at the pro level. And frankly, again, this is all speculation 
on my part that maybe that cost him some money. Who knows? Maybe if Nick Bolton would have been healthy those final two games, maybe he was a second rounder anyway. Perhaps Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper Jr. were just overhyping the young man a few months out from the draft. That happens all the time. And of course, once the season ends, NFL teams suddenly have a lot more t- a lot more time and resources to focus on the draft, and therefore their evaluations are going to naturally change with the combines and all that good stuff. Ultimately, this is all just a long way of me saying that I don't think it's incredibly clear that simply sitting out a bowl game is all that advantageous. And even for somebody like Matt Corral, who apparently had a somewhat serious ankle injury that knocked him out of their bowl, Ole Miss's bowl game, against Baylor, well, I'm just not so sure that that injury is going to hinder his draft prospects. I'm really not. Considering we're still months away from the draft, we're still, you know, 10 months, 9 months away from the start of the NFL season, I just don't really see that being that big of a factor, especially with modern-day medicine and how quickly almost everyone is able to recover from seemingly devastating injuries at times these days. And I certainly don't think that was a devastating injury for Matt Corral whatsoever. Now, there's a couple other things I want to talk about this. Of course, the fans, like myself, have maybe expressed some frustration. Most of my frustration, again, is maybe with the trend, certainly not with individual players, but Specifically on the Missouri side, my frustration leading into the bowl game was just the lack of communication and sort of the late nature, the sort of 13th hour nature of, hey, let's just drop all these this injury information on everybody. I didn't really appreciate that as a diehard Mizzou fan. But again, what really matters though? Do Tyler Beatty's teammates care that he opted out? I I really doubt it, honestly. I don't think that they're looking at Tyler Beatty as a guy who owes them anything either. Just like I don't think Tyler Beatty owes me as a fan anything. Again, the guy carried the ball 41 times in his last regular season game. He left it all on the field his senior year. But you know what? As a fan, I think I've kind of gotten the deal now, and that's, hey, come bowl season, if you're not in the college football playoff, it's time to start assuming that opt-outs are going to happen, especially if you've got some decent NFL prospects on your roster. Now, I will say, surprisingly, as I was watching these bowl games, just from an entertainment perspective, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world because sometimes some of these opt-outs can make these games a little bit more predictable, uh, excuse me, unpredictable and competitive than they other than they otherwise would be, which Guess what? As a TV property, which is mostly what these bowl games have become at this point, there are a whole lot worse things that you can be than competitive and unpredictable. So with all that being said, thanks for joining me on this edition of Locked on Mizzou. Got to be brutally honest with the Tiger basketball team having a canceled game, the women's team having a canceled game. I don't know how much content we're going to get to this week. I know I say each and every weekday, but hey, these are unprecedented times that just keep going on. But you know what? This podcast keeps going on and on too. So thanks so much for listening as always. And I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.